The following is an exclusive presentation of News Radio 680 WPTF and 98.5 FM. This is the Turning Your Life Around podcast, presented by 180 Counseling, hosted by founder Sarah Coates, a licensed clinical mental health counselor. In this podcast, Sarah and her team of therapists will dive deep into many topics on mental health care. Here's your host, Sarah Coates. Hello and welcome to the Turning Your Life Around podcast. I'm joined today by my friend and colleague, Blaise Harris. Welcome, Blaise. Hey, thanks for having me. Now, you know I used to say your name wrong because it looks like Blaze. Trust me, you're not the first person and you won't be the last. But it is Blaze. It is Blaze. Yeah. You can call me whatever you want, just don't call me late to dinner. Call you late to dinner. Yeah. Hey, gotta eat. You gotta eat. Your mama taught you better than that. She did, but it ain't her I'm worried about. It's everybody else. <laughs> Welcome to our podcast, and I'm excited to chat with you today about mental health matters. Mm-hmm. And I know this is one of your passions is yes. helping men get into therapy and yes. recognize that it's okay for men to go to therapy. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. So I'm glad to have you today as our guest on the podcast. And before we get started, why don't you take a minute and share with the listeners about how you even got into the field? You're a licensed clinical mental health counselor associate. Mm-hmm. Can you share a little bit about what that means and how you got into the field of counseling? Well, four score and seven years ago, I uh, I've always been the person who everybody comes to to talk to. And, you know, when I was coming up in school, I wanted to be a guidance counselor. Hmm. And then I realized guidance counselors do a lot of paperwork. And I I didn't want to do that. And so, you know, I went through life and became a teacher and firefighter. And, you know, I'm still in the fire service now. But I went through a a really tough divorce Hmm. and. I hit a real rock bottom and I didn't know how to deal with it. You know, I was diagnosed with depression and, and I was crying all the time and I was just, I lost weight and all of these things and it was just rough, but I kept a smile on my face and nobody ever knew I was going through stuff. One day I got brave enough to actually share my story and what I was going through. And then it hit me. It's just like, yo, I'm a firefighter dealing with this stuff. I'm not the only firefighter who's been through these things. Imagine what it would be like if I became a therapist and worked with other first responders because we're not going to just talk to anybody. Yeah. We're not going to open up to anybody because most therapists in our minds can't handle the stuff that we see, Mm -hmm. the stuff that we talk about. And a lot of firefighters have had bad experiences, especially, you know, going to certain places. And I said... I want to be a a counselor for us. Hmm. I said, okay, I'm going to do it. But then as I started learning, I was like, shoot, it's not just firefighters and first responders who are dealing with these issues. I'm a black man who has depression. Hmm. I'm selling myself short by just working with one group. So I want to be a therapist for black folks Mm -hmm. because I didn't know therapy was a thing. I didn't know therapists looked like me. Let me be a therapist that looks like other people. Right. You know, in in my community who actually – They'll feel comfortable by opening up. 2016, I applied, got my degree in 2019. Oh, my God. It's almost a year. <laughs> almost a year. And, and now I'm here. Now, where did you go to school? Uh, North Carolina Central University. Go Eagles. Go Eagles. Go Eagles. Yeah. Great school. Great yes. program. Yes. I know you learned a lot there. I did. I did. I got my wings. You, yeah. <laughs> See what I did there? Because, you, you know, it was Eagles. Uh-huh. <laughs> you interned at 180? I did. Yep. I did. 
it was an experience because I didn't know. I was like, what am I getting myself into? I have an awesome supervisor. Right. And just seeing her work and seeing how she handled trauma and addictions and all of these things. And I was like, yo, it's like a chess match. I don't know how to play chess, but. I'm watching the mess out of this session. And I was like, I want to be able to do that in mine. Right. So I picked up a lot from Paula. Paula's Paula's awesome. Right. So you learned a lot during your internship. Mm -hmm. You are actually now a licensed clinical mental health counselor associate, which means you're in the process of gaining all of your clinical hours Mm -hmm. to pursue what we call full licensure. Mm -hmm. You are working at 180. You're still working with the fire department. Yes, yes, yes. I think is so honorable. Very cool. I love it. It's a great job. Let's talk a little bit about why do you think men have a difficult time sharing about their feelings? Well, there could be a number of things. You know, a lot of times we are just not allowed to be emotional. If we cry about something, stop crying. Get up. Be a man. Big boys don't cry. Just get up, suck it up, and deal with it. And if you're told that so many times as a child, that stuff is going to follow you as an adult. So we just suppress and push down and push down and push down. And then what happens? We blow up. Right. And people, when we blow up, people say, oh, he's just angry. He is just such an angry, angry person. Why are you so mad? I wasn't allowed to be anything else. Hmm. You know, I wasn't allowed to express my emotions and they don't know how. We don't know how. And I think that's a big issue today because so many men now, I guess, feel threatened by showing emotion because emotion is a sign of weakness. You mean you're being a little punk. Why are you being such a punk? Crying all the time. Do some push-ups. Do some. Ain't nobody trying to hear that. And then on the other side, you get women Oh, be a man. Why you got to do all of this stuff? Why are you so worried about what I think and how I feel and all this stuff? Take charge. Be a man. Tag. Make some decisions. And it's just like, oh, what's the right way? Right. What am I supposed to do? What's the best way for me to do this thing? How can I do this and still be who I am? So I think men just battle with just emotion in general. They can be happy. They know how to be happy. Right. They know how to laugh. They know about anger because, hey, if I'm angry, I know I can deal with this. I can punch something. I can yell. I can throw something. I can do whatever. What happens if you are anxious? What happens when you're sad? What do you do? Who are you supposed to talk to? How are you supposed to deal with it? You know, where are you supposed to put those emotions at? And they just don't know. So they turn to anger. Right. So So it sounds like you're saying maybe from small children, young boys are not encouraged to feel all the emotions. They're allowed to feel happy Mm -hmm. and maybe they're allowed to feel anger or Mm -hmm. they're sent messages from family members, parents, guardians, school teachers, the community Mm -hmm. that if you show any emotion that looks like sadness, fear, Mm -hmm. anxiety, any of those other emotions, Mm -hmm. they cry about it. Right. I've heard it before. They're called sissies, pansies, all those derogative terms. Yep. If it's a young boy crying. Yep. Yeah. And so definitely those internal messages that we gain as kids and then we adopt as adults, just part of our dialogue. Right. Man, you just carried it on. And the worst part is we pass it Mm -hmm. on to our children, to our sons. And hey, don't cry. Be a man. Deal with it. Suck it up. Get up, go head on. It's like, yo, all these things you you're not teaching them how to deal with it. You're not teaching them how to process it. Right. But then at the same time, I think it's like, well, shoot, you don't know how to process it. So how are you going to teach him? They teach what they know and what they know isn't always right. Right. Yeah, that's true. We teach our kids what we know Mm -hmm. and then they grow up 
with the inability to process their own emotions or handle emotions mm-hmm. outside of, like you said, happiness or anger. Mm-hmm. Uh, and sometimes I think, is that why the world looks so explosive today? I'm not going to go into details, <laughs> but yes. <laughs> Maybe. I, th- I think I think so. Um, I mean, because a lot of times, I'm going to just keep it real. Mm-hmm. A lot of men weren't shown love. Yeah. And so if you weren't shown it, how are you going to receive it? How are you going to know what this feels like if you are upset about something and you're never comforted about it? You never ask why you feel the way you feel instead of just suck it up, be a man and all this stuff. How are you going to be able to receive it when it's given to you? How are you going to know that's what's being shown to you? How are you going to know this is how you're supposed to respond that, and people actually care about you? And hey, tell me why you're feeling this way. A lot of men don't know how to put that into words Mm. because they've never been shown they've never been allowed and i think that's a big issue i can say hey what you said hurt my feelings but if i say that to the wrong person oh so you really a a, old punk so oh you gonna let my words hurt you sticks and stones right like yo words don't ever hurt they do though and especially if that's coming from people who are supposed to be the ones that are taking care of you whether it be your parents your grandparents your cousins your peers right your spouse and if you aren't allowed to express yourself when you're down what else are you going to do so i know how to be happy i know how to be mad there's no in between but there's so much in between there's so much in between but a lot of us don't understand that there is how do you access that what do you do with that right at the beginning you were talking about your difficult divorce Mm -hmm. sinking into a depression Mm -hmm. what was the moment or how did you find out hey maybe i need a therapist or how did you get to that point (laughs) i am very vocal and very open about my story right I was at a point where I was hurting so bad. I didn't know what to do with it. I just wanted my pain to stop. Mm. When I got to that point, I went and got the biggest knife I had in my kitchen. And I just started slicing my wrist Mm. because I wanted it to end. I didn't want to deal with it anymore. And like that first cut, I was like, that's the relief that I was looking for. And then I cut again and I was like, okay, yeah, that's it. I'm starting to feel a little bit better now. And then a third cut, someone said, hey, 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 you don't need to do that. And it's like click. It's like went right there. It's like, okay, I got to do something about this. I have to get some help. And now the only place that I knew about that was, was going to Holly Hill. Yeah. And so I called and I told him what was going on. And I admitted myself. Mm-hmm. Now, there was a whole lot of stuff that was in my head when I was dealing with that. One. Being a black man, we ain't supposed to try to hurt yourself. Uh, That's white people stuff. Gotcha. All right. You ain't supposed to go talk to nobody. That's white people stuff. You are not supposed to ask for help. That's a sign of weakness. Go to God. That's all you're supposed to do. Right. Ain't nothing else. Go go pray about it, baby. You're going to be all right. But I was like, the hell with all of that. I'm going to get some help right now because this ain't what I need. Right. So I went in. Started talking to the counselor there. And, you know, he asked me what was going on. Suicidal thoughts? Yeah. Not an attempt. Mm. Sad all the time? Yeah. Can't sleep? No. Lost a lot of weight? Yes. All of these things. And he said, well, you have major depressive disorder. Okay. What's that? <laughs> right. <laughs> and, you know, he broke it down to me. And he said, well, you're just in this constant state of sadness. And you are trying to get where, get to a point where you can work. And everyday life everyday functioning is difficult for you i say yeah it is 
And so he said, okay, we're going to put you on some medicine and we're going to go from there. But what really helped me was therapy, just doing like the group. We were doing group. And I was in a group of a whole lot of other people. And I had this idea in my mind when you go to somewhere like Holly Hill, I'm thinking 12 monkeys and people jumping off the bed and crazy. Yeah, that's what I'm seeing. I'm I'm seeing like the worst in my head. This is what I'm thinking. And I go there. And it's people who look just like me. Right. It's people who are younger than me, people who are older than me, black, white, Hispanic, gay, straight, everything. And they start sharing and they get to me. And that's when I break down. Mm. I start just crying because it's the first time I felt like people actually understood what I was going through and how I felt. Right. What was <laughs> was really weird is that the people were coming to me and telling me about their problems while I was in there. And I was just like, I'm here trying to get help, too, bro. <laughs> like for real that also kind of like lit the spark in my head it's like okay if i'm in here and people ask me for help maybe i can do the same thing when i'm out there because people tell me that i make them feel comfortable mm-hmm. and they are opening up and they're just telling me like their life story and i listen and i don't judge and i didn't do any of those things i just let them get it out which is basically what i do here as a therapist as a therapist i i listen i don't judge i let them get it out i don't know it was that point it was like it's okay for me to talk about this stuff because i don't want to deal with it anymore i don't want to feel the way that i'm feeling anymore and i learn coping skills i learn coping mechanisms i learn what work best for me to get out of my head well and i think it sounds like you hit rock bottom basically hard hit it hard and obviously our goal as therapists and your part of your goal in being open about your own story is you don't want people to have to hit rock bottom Mm-mm. before they are able to get help. Mm-hmm. So what are some ways that we now can help people, mm-hmm. help support other men, right. men of all all backgrounds, right. to find help before they hit rock bottom? Like, right. what, what are some messages that you would share to to men who might be listening today. Right. One of the first things that I talk about, because I still talk with a lot of first responders. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm on a peer support team. Yeah. And so a lot of people, peer support is the first step into getting into therapy. You know, just having somebody that you can actually listen to. And one of the things that we say, and I actually have a bracelet on now saying, it's okay to not be okay. Yeah. If you're having a tough time, that's all right. You don't have to suppress it. You don't have to keep it to yourself. There's people out here who actually listen to you, who are not going to judge you, who are going to point you in the right direction to get the help that you need to help you get where you need to be. So I say feel. It's okay to feel. It's okay to let that stuff out. It's okay for you to have emotions. It's okay for you to cry if you need to. Sometimes that big cry is what you need, just that release. Yeah, I was just thinking that term. Crying is a physical release yes. of internal pain. It's it's human yeah. to cry. Yes. And not only that, a big part of my self-care <laughs> um, is I like to work out. Yeah. And I have a heavy bag hanging up. And I will beat the mess out of my heavy bag. And I can't tell you how many times I have hit, punched, kicked, kneed the heavy bag yelling and crying mm. while I was doing it and how good it felt just to get that out. I have some people who I say, hey, when's the last time you just yelled? I said, man, that's stupid. I mean, I know. Like, seriously, you know how, let's say if you stub your toe on a, you know, on a wall or a table and you, ah! It feels good just to get that out because he's like, oh, you might say some words to go along with it. Some other, some other, some, uh, yeah, some very, some very, very, very strong words. You get this stuff out. But when's the last time you just went outside and just yelled? I ain't never done it. Once you tried, 
Give it a shot. If you scare somebody gonna hear you, get you a pillow. <laughs> Yell inside your pillow. Lay that stuff out. It's okay. I tell people to journal. Mm-hmm. Man, I ain't gonna write a no. I ain't what I got a diary? No. Yeah. You don't you gotta be that. that. You don't have to call it that. Call it your man book or whatever you wanna do that. You know, whatever makes you feel better about it. But sometimes it's writing it out how you're feeling. You know, you don't got to worry about anybody seeing it. You ain't got to worry about anybody judging you. But you're getting your thoughts out. Color while you're writing. You know, if you're feeling angry, color in some red while you're doing this stuff. If you're feeling good, color in some yellow. Whatever floats your boat. Write what you're feeling, how you're feeling, who you're mad at, why you're mad at those people, what made you mad at those people. And you'd be surprised at how much better you feel doing that. Some people like woodworking, working in a shop. Working on their cars, painting, do all of those things, going fishing. Shoot, you know, all of those things, That's those are things that you can do to help calm yourself down when you're dealing with these things. And it's still manly for you to do. Well, and what you're saying is they're all coping skills. They are. And, and some, some men already do those things uh-huh. and don't realize how therapeutic it is. My so, husband says all the time, cutting grass is his therapy. Yeah. He gets on his lawnmower. Yep. Spends a couple hours and it's therapeutic for him. Exactly. And so some of these things that men already do as um, hobbies or activities are actually therapeutic skills. Yes. But maybe they don't realize it. And if they do more of that. Right. Then they won't stuff as much feeling down. Right. I have college age clients who like skateboarding and stuff. Like, yo, go skateboarding. Do that. Go to your park. Well, COVID. Put a mask on (laughs) (laughs) and then go. Right. You have these things here that you can do. Those things are fun to you. You feel better because you're in your element doing these things. So do it. Get those endorphins firing. Right. And have fun and be you and enjoy yourself. It helps get you out of your funk. I was just thinking about your bracelet. It's okay to not be okay. Mm -hmm. And maybe what so many adult men learned as children is anything outside of okay. Mm Mm-hmm is inappropriate or wrong Mm -hmm. and they gotta just be okay right and men maybe you're just learning as kids to stuff all this emotion yeah and not learn the these coping skills you just mentioned as kids right and so how important it is that we're training up the young boys and the young men yeah now and that's one of the things i have a son he's nine i love the fact that he isn't afraid to cry in front of me and he can tell me when he's upset now, sometimes he doesn't want to. Right. And I said, okay, it's okay, buddy. What do you need? I said, do you want to, you know, do you want to hit the pass? And he'll say, yeah. And I just let him hit the pass. Mm-hmm. And he'll come back and he'll give me a hug and he'll kiss me. Dad, I love you. Thank you. When I was upset, boy, you better quit crying before I get something to cry about. Mm-hmm. Go lay down and get smacked upside the head and all those things. And those were the things that just like that didn't help me. It made me resent my grandma that much more because I didn't feel like she was listening to me. I was really upset. What she did didn't help. Now, I realized that she came up in a way different time than what I came in. Her mom was born in like the 20s and it was a whole different time. And they didn't have time to show them that they loved them and all that stuff. And she took that same method and came up with me. I'm the man who I am now because of what she did, you know, how she raised me. But at the same time, it was a lot of stuff that she did that I'm not going to do when it comes to my kids. Right. I teach them the same lessons, but not the same way. Well, you're you're breaking that generational trauma yes. that's passed down. Yes. 
And I don't, I don't want to do that for my kids. Right. I can teach them the same values, the same morals, the same lessons that you taught me, but I can do it in a way that's not going to be damaging. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so speaking of trauma and how some of the things we see we don't think might be traumatic, but mm-hmm. they still have an effect on, on us. Right. Anything you can speak to on that? Yeah. Okay, so I've been um, I've been a black dude for as long as I can remember. Really? <laughs> <laughs> but it's things that I've seen and things that I've experienced that a lot of men don't have to. It's like dealing with issues of race. I realize that I am a trigger for so many people. Hmm. I am very cognizant of that, especially when it comes to therapy. Based on my appearance, I'm not typically what people would think about when they think about a therapist. You know, okay. big old bald-headed black dude with tattoos and everything all out there. But you're the one, you're supposed to be the one that's helping me. You're not what I would see on TV. And that's the thing. So I have to be mindful of those things. People see me. I've had people move to the other side of the street. I've had people clutch their purses. I've had people automatically think I'm going to be violent just because of what I look like. Those things could be traumatic for me, especially in the fire service. I had a captain call me the N-word to my face, mm. and it sucked because I felt so small. And if I responded, what's that going to say to me? Oh, he ain't mean it. Oh, oh, you angry. Oh, why are you, why are you angry black man? Well, all the civil unrest and stuff that's been happening all of this year, mm-hmm. even with, you know, dealing with George Floyd and all of those things, it was like a powder keg and it finally just exploded. But the thing about it, though, is as a black man, I'm like, yo, that's just another Tuesday. Y'all are late to the party. We've been seeing this and we've been experiencing this for years and we've been vocal about this for years. But if I say how I feel about it, it's wrong. There's no safe way for me to respond. Okay, you can protest, protest peacefully. Okay, you can protest peacefully, but not that way. Okay, protest this way. No, 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 no. That's not the way you do it either. How am I supposed to protest? How am I supposed to say how I really feel about certain things that you have no idea what it's like for me. I have to have a conversation with my son that so many so many other people don't have to have. Mm-hmm. And that's traumatic. I shouldn't have to tell him people aren't going to like you just because of the way you look. I shouldn't have to tell them I just want you to get home every night. Mm-hmm. I shouldn't have to tell him that sometimes it just ain't fair son. Mm-hmm. And you're going to go through life fighting all these invisible battles that so many of your friends are never going to see or have to experience. But it's so many of us who carry that same burden. Even if we're trying to do well, even if we're trying to make our situation that much better, there's so many people who are going to hate on us, who are going to sabotage us just because we're trying to succeed. I'm a threat educator tonight. I've never been in jail. I have my own home. I'm working two jobs, a single father, master's degree, doing these things, doing all these things that so many people aspire to do but just because i don't look like you you fear for your life and that's traumatic absolutely and for the black community that's just passed down generation after generation Mm -hmm. and i know you're you're doing a lot in the trenches to try to change that narrative Mm -hmm. help your son and daughter Mm -hmm. hopefully be able to make some changes in their generation moving forward yeah. Which is pretty phenomenal. Yeah. I applaud you for it. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I'm doing I'm doing my best. Yeah. I really am doing my best. But I mean, because they're our future. Absolutely. And, you know, I'm encouraged by a lot of the stuff that that I'm seeing, like the youth doing today. They're being more vocal. And so many more are stepping up trying to make a change. It's it can't stop. 
Yeah. Because the way that we're feeling now is not going anywhere, but we can do what we can to combat it. I don't think people are going to just stand by anymore. And it sounds like what you're doing is helping your kids change the narrative or you're changing their messaging that's delivered from your mouth to them Mm -hmm. so that they can go about shaping the future differently. Right. So as we wrap up, any other encouragement or anything else you can share to men about why it's okay to reach out and talk to a professional counselor? Uh, somebody outside of a friend. I mean, I know a lot of men yeah. probably talk to friends, which yeah. is great. Yeah. Or do they talk to friends? I just say <laughs> that, but maybe they don't. <laughs> um, you know what's crazy is some do and some don't. Yeah. We were talking earlier and how uh, we said men are dumb. <laughs> and that's the, the I, that didn't come from my that mouth. didn't come from your mouth. I mean, you did not agree with it, but <laughs> my, <laughs> so my silence was passive. Yeah, agreement. it was. Yeah, the thing about it is, I think men have to feel like they are in a safe place to actually be able to express those feelings. Um, if you're with homeboys who, or you know, just good friends, if you've known for years and they know who you are and how you respond. You can say those things to them. They're going to listen. But it's going to be those times that they are not going to know what to say. They're not going to know what to do. They're not going to know what your experience is because they've never done it. It's okay for you to go and talk to a professional. There are male therapists. Yeah. There are plenty of male therapists. This is a place where you can come and have somebody who probably has similar experiences as you who can help you get to where you need to be, who are going to understand your plight. They'll validate you at times. But like all therapists will also call you out of your mess. So you're allowed to be, you're allowed to feel how you feel in this place. That's what it's here for. That's what we're here for. I mean, we got you. And it's like most of the time we've all experienced our own stuff. So we know how hard it can be. Oh, you going through a divorce? Oh, yeah. I've been there and done that. Oh, you think about suicide? Yeah. Been there and done that. Can't sleep? Dealing with anxiety? Yes. Been there and done that. So we out here. Just pick up the phone call make an appointment and if you don't like that person find another one right but we out here and we are more than willing and able to help you work through what you need to work through thank you so much blaze i appreciate your time thank you for your sharing your own story and and being uh authentic and vulnerable there appreciate that i know that will go a long way in helping some of the listeners you know identify and what you said resonates with them i'm sure And they'll pick up the phone and call. And if you want to continue the conversation with Blaise, you can reach him in our Raleigh office at 180counseling.com. You've been listening to the Turning Your Life Around podcast, presented by 180 Counseling, with five triangle locations to serve you. Learn more at 1-80counseling.com. This has been an exclusive presentation of News Radio 680 WPTF and 98.5 FM, a Curtis Media Group station.